episode 13 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and Doc and Adam. And on this episode, we are just going to discuss the uh, Inhumans television show, uh, issue number six of Mosaic, issue number six of IVX. And I guess uh, in regards to the television show, I think we should start off with that. Um, the really fun thing is that um, every time we discuss a television show, um, by the time the episode airs, there's we have more news. news, so our news becomes old news. So it's just tons of news. It's literally like the day after as well, and it's really annoying. It is. <laughs> well, I'll it's... take I'll take the news. Yeah, we, we, we... we take the news, but it's just it's just the fact that we can never time it right. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think we're going to hear about any more cast because we've got the central cast already identified, and it's a great cast. It's yeah, a it really is. great cast. Yeah. Um. It absolutely is. A lot, so, a lot of Doc, these actors I had not been in, uh, I had not been uh, familiar with, but I did some, you know, some research, watched a couple episodes of of different shows, and um, the more I've seen, the more uh, pleased I've become with uh, the selections the uh, the show has made for our characters. Um, we have um, a fella. This, the names are insane. This guy's name is Anson Mount. And he will be he, playing Black Bolt. He has very attractive eyes, which is probably really important for Black Bolt. <laughs> he, <laughs> he has pretty eyes. Man. He I does. Like he's eyes. an attractive man. He's so beautiful. He's, he's quite handsome. I'll give you that. I, I He was in a television show called Hell on Wheels, which appears on the AMC network. I watched a couple episodes. And he definitely carries himself like Black Bolt. He... Uh, he has very few lines in that show as well, so this shouldn't be too hard for him to be <laughs> an ostensibly mute character. Um, he, he's tall, broad-shouldered, carries himself with uh, a lot of power, and great I think eyes. he's going to do a, a great job. Sadly, has... I think he'll, he'll be losing the beard. I, th- I like the beard a lot, but uh, um, I think he'll be clean-shaven for well, that. Well, I, I think there was, I think there was some rough footage that somebody literally took on their cell phone of just him stood in a just stood outside of Starbucks in Hawaii. Uh and he's definitely clean shaven there. Yeah, yeah, he is in the set photos that have aired um of, of the television of the television show. Um he's definitely blue clean bolt? shaven. The blue jaw. <laughs> blue <laughs> jaw. <laughs> oh but my no, god, I'm so Anson, happy about that. Yes. Anson Mount has thrown himself into the role. If you go over to his Twitter account, he has his location set as Adelan. And nice. he's got the black bolt like cowl and tuning fork as his icon. So he's totally jumped into it. So he's he's very enthusiastic about the role. Which is good. I mean, uh <clears throat> so so you know, just just going off on a slight tangent, you know, because um, the I it's the Iron Fist um uh showrunner that's running the Inhumans, isn't it? And, Scott, Scott Buck. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been, there's been a lot of, you know, not poor reviews coming out for Iron Fist, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, is the Inhumans going to follow suit? I don't think so, because I think uh, Iron Fist is a very difficult character to get right. Yeah. Um, compared to the Inhumans, because the Inhumans, you can bounce a lot of characters off each other. So. Well, I haven't seen Iron Fist yet. It, it, I have read that it's it's not being very well received, which is a big bummer. Mm. But um, if it turns out that it is not very well done, uh, I suppose um, 
showrunner Scott Buck will have more than ample time to uh, get things right, you know, to learn from his mistakes right. uh, in yeah. terms of uh, pacing and whatnot. In any case, um, Medusa, yeah, will, cast. Be, Medusa <laughs> will be portrayed by a young woman, uh, a woman named Sarinda Swan. Um, she's from a TV show, well, she's from a number of TV shows, but her most she prominent She played role, Zatanna on Arrow, was it? Or was it some other, one of those other CW shows, which makes me giggle a little bit. <laughs> Smallville. That's it, Smallville. I, I, I watched her in a show called Graceland. It's not a show I'd recommend, but um, she does have a very nice screen presence, and she's... Um, uh, I think she'll do fine. Um, she, she's she's quite pretty. She uh, um, isn't uh, you know isn't like a um... doc has a crush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's quite pretty. We'll just say that she she's a good. She seems to be a very good actress. I think that um, this may be the most demanding role because she's yeah. going to have to act and not get swallowed up by all the CGI or practical effect hair that's all about her and whatnot. Um, and um, I, I wish her luck, and I th- I'm keeping my fingers crossed that she's going to be up to the challenge. Um, yeah, Medusa's going to be a hard character, I think, for anyone to get right. Um, but yeah. I am glad that they've got an actual grown-up to play it, play her, and that's nice. Um uh, <clears throat> speaking of grown-ups, um, Ewan Rion. Did I say it right? Ewan. Ewan. Yeah, you said it right. It's fine. <laughs> Ramsey Snow will be playing Maximus, and this is what everyone is the most excited about because yeah. he. Alright, I don't know if you guys, have, mo- our listeners, have watched. Either Game of Thrones, of course, I imagine they have, or even better yet, a, a, a lesser-known show called The Misfits. This guy was born to play Maximus. He is going to be fantastic. Um, we spoke a little bit about him last week, so I'm not, not going to go too far into it. Um, the casting I'm most excited about is Ken Lung as Karnak. Yeah. Uh, Ken Lung has been in a number of, of shows and movies. Most notable would be um, uh, Lost, The Sopranos, and of course Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Oh, was he in Star Wars? I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah, it now. he was. He was one of the uh, Resistance admirals or whatnot. He figures out how to blow up Death Star Part Three, and um, well, he he's great because I think that um, from what I can tell in, in his past roles, that he is able to combine you know a sense of intellect and snarkiness both <laughs> at the same time and i think that that is uh that will loan itself well quite I well believe, to, to playing I, karnak yeah i hope he pulls a lot from how ellis portrayed karnak in the comics because i just that's my favorite I, version of karnak so i can't imagine he won't because uh karnak was a bit he wasn't as interesting before Ellis put his stamp on it, so I, I can see that, um, and um, I, I really like this actor. Um, he he uh, he's got a lot of, you know, when he's on the screen, your eyes are kind of directed towards him, and I think he um, he's going to do fantastic as Karnak. Um, 
playing his brother, Triton, is an actor named, um, oh, what's his name, Mike Moe, who I'm not quite familiar. He has a small role in a TV show called Empire, which is a really fun show. Um, and um, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all we know. We'll he seems find to out. be in very good shape. Um, he, he, his dog got another crush. I, look, I've got a crush on the entire audience. Okay? So, <laughs> entire so, audience? Uh, That's a lot of people. Entire, I mean, the entire <laughs> cast, whatever. I've got, a, I've got a crush on Blue Jaw, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Big blue lock jaw. That's, that's what does it for me. That's all you need. Mike, Mike Moe will probably spend most of the show uh, in lots of makeup to make him look like Triton. But, um, or he'll have little dots covering his face because they're going to do the motion capture like they do for the Hulk. Or, are they, are like they actually going to do that? Because I mean, I don't know. I, I, I see them do. I could see them putting Triton in a like um, uh, like a suit, and then CGI in the suit up. Because CGI suits well, always know, work well. Hey, hey. Well, <clears throat> the first two episodes are going to be filmed in IMAX, and it's not a very forgiving uh, format for bad costumes and bad CGI oh, yeah. and whatnot. So, uh, I hope that they. Um, well, well, I can we'll talk see. about that in a minute because there have been some comments about the costuming for the show, but we'll talk about that when all is said and done. Uh, Crystal, because she's the most important one, and she's going to be, I think, I think she's probably one of the most important characters, in my opinion. She's going to be the star of, of the show. She should be because she... she's going to be the point of view character for a lot of people. Or, well, no, it might not be. I, I, I think it, it's it's a... Uh reasonable to suspect that she will play a point of view character to some extent or another um she's a good deal younger than the rest of the cast and um oh her name is isabel cornish she's uh, most known from a tv show called home and away um and uh also something called <laughs> puberty blues um i love the australians <laughs> Uh, she's an Australian actress. Um, she she looks a lot like Crystal from from the old uh, Kirby uh, and J- Stanley Jack Kirby uh, episodes. Um, and I think um, I think she'll do great. Um, Have you seen any of the episodes she was in? Because you kind of caught episodes from everyone else. Did you see any of the Home and Away? Or I like watched Peter a little Bruce? bit of Home and Away. And you know it's hard. It's hard to tell because um, you know, by and large, it seems that Australian a- actors are quite good at doing different accents. Um, <laughs> yeah. But when they're when they're doing Australian accents, I need to put on the subtitles because I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> thing, thing is, and I, I don't know whether again, I know we we keep sort of jumping off of off of uh, the subject, but. Australian actors seem to do really well of coming out of the really bad soap operas in Australia, like Home and Away and Neighbours, and then going into yeah. like really high-profile stuff. Sure, I'm pretty sure that's what Chris Hemsworth did. Yeah, it's also what um, uh, Kylie Minogue did, I believe. Is it Kylie Minogue? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, and and uh, somebody else that I remember. What's his name? Men- Mendelssohn. Um, oh, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> 
he 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 was um you know he was in star wars uh rebel um uh star wars rogue, rogue one. one he was rogue the bad guy oh, okay um he's fantastic and he was in a he was in this insane australian movie um called animal kingdom which is great but i don't recommend it because it's awful um <laughs> okay. it's great but it's awful it's just it's, just, it's rough top reviewing um, that. okay it's it's well. Anyways, all right. Back to the show. Who am I missing? Ah, We're missing Gorgon. Gorgon. Gorgon is played by a fellow named uh, M. Ikwaka, and um, he's great. I've actually um, familiar with him from uh, a number of shows. Uh, to uh, he was in Concussion, where he played a, a football player with a. How tall is he? Big. I don't know. I don't have his like details. as big as as big as Mike Coulter or Henry Simmons from Agents of Shield. Like big because those dudes are big. They're like uh, six foot five big. Uh, see if uh, there might be his height on the uh, on the IMDb. Let's uh, let's have a look. Um, he is six foot three, so he's so he's just a little bit taller than me. Oh well, there you go. Uh, um, well, um, okay. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a thing because I expect someone who plays Gorgon to be like uberly tall. So, you know. I I, know. Yeah. Well, I, th- I, I he, I'm sure that they can make people look bigger and smaller and whatnot. True. He, I think Got he's a little going movie to magic. Be, he, he's he's great. He's, he's great, and I think he's going to do a fantastic job as Gorgon. He, he, I don't know. Concussion's a pretty good movie. I recommend it. Um. Although, talk about bad accents. Um, Will Smith does not pull off South African <laughs> accent very well at all. Um, but you, it's a good movie. Know. It's an important movie. And and um, uh, uh, Mr. Walker does really well in this. And I think he's great as Gorgon. I've, I've, I've seen, uh, you know, on, on Inhumans Forever, I've gotten a few... Um, uh, n- not so nice asks always anonymous uh showing consternation over the fact that these characters are being portrayed by by actors who are who don't look like they're well they're not the same ethnicity as um as uh their comic book counterparts and i'm just like oh who cares yeah i just want him to be tall i'm just gonna be that super (laughs) i'm gonna be that superficial i just want him to be tall that's all but no i don't care that's it. I, don't, I had I don't been, know. I had been lobbying for for Inhumans to entail a very mo- a very diverse and inclusive cast, and I couldn't be happier that 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 has proven to be the case. Um, because not only do I think that's important in regards to just my own social justice issues, but I think it really helps um, the success of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the research is irrefutable. The, the more inclusive a show is in regards to its cast, the better it does. I have to um, say, though, I don't think any show's beaten Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet in terms of diversity because, holy cow, yeah. um, nothing has beaten Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, yep. So, so finally, the... uh, we're missing out one. We're missing out there's a, a, yeah, there's, there's a... a surprise character, um, Orin from from Inhuman. I'm um, so excited. Whom I don't think anyone was expecting to be a part of this show will be a part of the show um, 
she's going to be portrayed by an actress named Sonia Balamares. Um, awesome. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You probably um, know. No. I, <laughs> I, I have, uh, I have, have not, I've, I watched movie. some oh. clips of her uh, f- from a movie called Soul Surfer. Um, That's actually a pretty good movie, by the way. I haven't seen it in a few years. Um, my nieces were really big into that movie. But I do remember enjoying it. I think Kevin Sorbo's in that, too. Um, and that's about Kevin the Sorbo? girl. Yeah, who played Hercules. And, um, oh, yeah. and uh, it's about a girl who uh, got attacked by a shark and lost her arm. And uh, became yep. a national, like surfer, like a really big champion surfer. And it's, it's a very good movie, actually. I highly recommend it. That's absolutely right. Yeah, um, uh, Charles and, Charles Soule uh, is very happy that Oren is a, a part of the show. I think well, everyone really should be. Yeah, yeah Oren has been a, is, has been very well received yeah. by everyone. But also on uh, on IMDb, yes. sorry, yes. on IMDb there is one other person mentioned as being a part of the cast. There's no oh, yeah, Ellen Wadlam. So yeah. Which is a bit... Well, let me finish up with with uh, Bolomare. Sorry, for, uh, Sonia Bolomare. first. I, I I watched her the bits of her in Soul Surfer. She's she's um, I think um, going to do just great. Uh, this is another character who's probably going to be heavily um, obscured in makeup and CGI and giant ears. <laughs> Some big old ears. Come on, um, Orin's got a great character design. She'll, she'll look fantastic. Oh, she does. I think, and and just, uh, I think she'll do fantastic. Now, yes, you're right. There is a a mystery character. She hasn't even been named yet, um, but she's going to be portrayed by Ellen Woglom, um, who is from a TV show called Castle. And I've um, heard good things about Castle, but I don't know. Castle's about her. a good show, yeah. Um, and. Uh, she was also on a television show called California Vacation, Californication, which was uh-huh. like, um, I think, a Showtime show that starred uh, Fox Mulder. Um, and uh, I watched a few clips. She's uh, David Duchovny. That's it. Yes, I, he's Fox Mulder. <laughs> okay. He's, as well. he's always Fox whatever. Mulder. Okay. Um, but. Um, uh, uh, so this this I'm not sure who Miss Woglum will be playing. It sounds as though she might be like a shield agent or a governmental agent or some human who has interactions with the in, with the Inhumans. Um, and uh, that's our first real plot teaser of of them all is that there is going to be a human character that that uh, uh, is interested in in the Inhumans. And this uh, young woman will be playing her. We don't have her name yet, but um, it's very Phil Coulson um, does not make a cameo intriguing. in this show. I will be very disappointed. Sorry, you said Agents of Shield again. So well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she 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 may be a, a Shield agent. It's, it's it's quite it's not it's very uh, mysterious as to who well, who she is, what what role in the plot she has. Isn't her character description as someone like she works with like NASA or something like that? So it sounds like yeah, she's she, not necessarily a shield agent, but she's like an aerospace she, agent. Yeah, taking people to the moon. Carol Danvers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
Well, everyone else is like, oh, it's sure. Abigail Brand. And I'm like, I don't think it's Brand. I, I really don't think she's going to be Abigail Brand. I was going to say, can they, they actually... think she's like socially awkward and... But also, can they use Brand? Know. Because I thought Brand was... Uh, is, she, is she not a mutant? Uh, yeah, she's half She mutant. is indeed. I mean, yeah, so... Um, the, the uh, you know, the sharing of, of intellectual property rights and characters has certainly mellowed quite a bit between... Um, Fox and Disney, but I don't expect her to be Abigail Brand. I think she's going to be a a, a unique character, a new character. And you're right; it, it, it you're right. She is a a NASA scientist of some sort. So perhaps this will have something to do with Adelan either relocating from Earth to the Moon, a Moon to the Earth, or something, and. Ah, I wish it was coming out tomorrow. So excited. Right? Yeah. Because from the set photos, from the set photos that we've seen, well, one, it looks like they're going to be um, filming at an old Navy base for one thing, because they had that set photo. But then they did that that filming in downtown Honolulu where we had blue, big giant blue jaw, who I just want to go up and hug, even if it's a fictional foam puppy. I don't care. The fact that they have him there is the most amazing thing. But it looks like um, Black Bolt has teleported in, and. Uh, it's obviously it coming to Earth for something, so... Yeah, he needs <laughs> coffee. Getting a latte. I, I just realised yeah. what Blue Jewel reminded me of. So, for any for any fellow Brits out there, um, you, might you might recall about four years ago, there was a thing in Bristol, um, which was the Wallace... Uh, well, it was the Gromit Trail. I don't know if you guys... Wallace and Gromit! Yeah, so so they had the Gromit Trail, which is basically loads of different um, models of Gromit dotted around Bristol, and you could essentially go and do a tour of Bristol and, and see all of them. And it's just... Uh, it's just I just realised that the, the Blue Jaw actually looks a bit like the the Gromits. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, if Google well, it, the reason it's yeah. blue is that uh, in in post, uh, the, for some reason, that color blue loans itself quite well to uh, um, projecting onto it special effects of some sort. So, well, there you go. Um, well, they're going to need a lot of that. Like a dog. Yeah, right. He's, um, he's not going to he's not going to be blue in the in the show, but he's blue now, and he's huge. And I like how he big is he is. Yes, I um, love how big he is. He that's awesome. He's just a giant bulldog and people were wondering if they were going to carry the bulldog look over and it looks like that they are indeed going to do that so people were wondering if he, if he was even going to be in it so i'm so excited i'm so excited like, how can you not have the humans it. without lockjaw yeah seriously. that's that's like having like peanut butter and jelly without the peanut butter i mean right cool in humans without lockjaw is bloody unheard of <laughs> right so going back to the costumes there's been tell, a lot tell of... that to al ewing okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so, so going back to the costumes for the TV show, there's been a lot of people that are complaining because they've got to look at Black Bolt's, um, because Anson Mount was in Black Bolt's costume. And it was very oh. muted. It was black. It wasn't the black with the white lightning. It was just black with black lightning and leather. And people were like, oh, it's terrible. It's going to look terrible on IMAX, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, they can fix a lot of that in post. So yeah. there might be some things with the costume that that are going to... Um, lend itself to being CGI or something. I don't know. I I I really don't like the idea of CGI costumes. 
personally. No. Well, it might not be, but they, there might be something with it. Or it's just, that's how it is. And I don't mind all black. I, I, I didn't have a problem with how the costume looked in the least myself, so... Well, my guess is that Black Bolt will have more than one outfit, that he yeah. will have his, yeah. his his going to Starbucks outfit and <laughs> then his like going to battle outfit. And I'm, I I wouldn't be surprised that he would have like some sort of like armor that looked much more uh, akin to the, the original Kirby look or at least Steve McNiven's redesign that has the wings and the and the face mask and yeah and all that jazz. That this this looks more like his his casual wear. This is yeah, this is casual. Yeah. He's going to war he's go, got got Starbucks casual. Going to war casual. casual. Uh going to war and, smart uh, casual. Yeah. <laughs> Business okay. casual. <laughs> Business casual. I, I, I'm intrigued to see how the rest of the costumes play out. I kind of, I, I want to see where that goes. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how. Um, I, I, I'm most interested in Gorgon, uh, Triton, and Medusa. I think maybe Orin, oh, but Orin. Crystal, because Crystal's yellow is going to be tough. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that 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 I would expect them to have more kind of. I don't know, just um, a I, I, I was about regular to say, version. I think the X-Men yeah. kind of did it better in the comic books where they kind of had... They went from having yellow in the comic books to being, like, black on screen. Oh, everyone was all upset about that, apparently. I, I think it, it translated better for TV. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I could see... Yeah, I could see crystals kind of being reversed, maybe black with yellow rather than yellow with black. I don't know how the yellow is going to carry over, but it, we'll find out. Yeah, that's if it. If they even decide to we go do we'll that, find out. I mean, it's we'll only find out. it's only what uh, six eight months, months away? Six, six, six months away. Okay, yeah, six months. The real my question is whether or not uh, Maximus will be rocking his white trench coat because there's very if few people who can walk. who can pull off the white trench coat. I think. David Bowie and Maximus. That's, that's the only people I know who can do the white trench coat. And, and, and what, uh, one isn't a fictional character there, so... <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, so I guess that's about... Are we missing any news? Did we don't really have any other news. Or they might film in well, the crater in Hawaii. Ro- they're still in the crater. Um, uh, Joe Robert Cole is is writing the screenplay as um, to what we know. He's also writing... Um, Black Panther. Um, oh, that's and, good. I didn't know that. That makes me feel better. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he's a he's a good writer. Um, cast. We only know the director for the first two episodes, uh, Roll Ryan, um, of Scorpion King 3 fame. Yeah. Uh, and, the um, best of the Scorpion King that's movies. That's what we know. Yeah. I don't know. Scorpion King 17 was pretty good. <laughs> um, what, back in back but, in Egypt? Uh, <laughs> but um wow. that's what we know so far um and the news has been good so i'm psyched so th- i'm ready for the week of new news that's going to start coming out tomorrow after we've recorded this <laughs> well to be, to be fair exactly. I, I, I did just want to comment on um you know where they're filming because hawaii is such a beautiful Pretty place perfect. It, it is i mean i just want to move there now can uh, it is just the screenshots and then not screenshots. The um, set photos that are coming out is just pretty. What do I need to move to the beautiful. US? Do I just need to fill out a form? Is that right? <laughs> good I... luck. Yeah. Um, good luck. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, yeah. 
not not the right time to be moving to the U.S. Yeah, but exactly. Hawaii is quite nice. I, I I wonder if if it will be Hawaii in in the, in the show itself. I mean, because you know the the Nepali coast is a very distinctive look, mm-hmm. but it could double as any location in the world. It could be well, not in the world, but you know, it could, it could be, be like portrayed Costa as cl- closer too. to the Ecuador or off yeah. the coast of South America. I mean, I, uh, I originally Adelan was located between Greenland and Iceland, but no one wants to film there. No, I mean, no I offense to Greenland and Iceland, uh, but there's like two hours of sunlight a day. You can't. I can't so, movies there. Help, but feel like and going on kind of location. I mean, Ages of Shield kind of touched on that with different locations of um, inhuman settlements, and some of them were in tropical locations, quite a few of them, actually. So I'm wondering, I can't help but feel like I would be very disappointed if the Inhumans show didn't kind of utilize some of what Agents of Shield has discovered, and I would be very disappointed if some of, like, at least Phil Coulson and Daisy didn't kind of, like, have something to do even a cameo in the show, or vice versa, I don't know. I, don't know, I think they I, could really tie the two shows together very well if they really wanted to. I don't, I don't think they should. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say, keep Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. completely separate to uh, Inhumans. In fact, you know, if if you really wanted to go all out, I would well, say... Well, keep them separate, but they should, like, acknowledge each other, because I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. acknowledges Daredevil and stuff. Oh, they'll acknowledge each other. Whether or not one character shows up in another, I, I I would be. I mean, if the show proves enough of a hit to warrant a second season, then I think the chances of of um, of there being some crossover increases. Um, there was a there was an announcement that that the show would include new Inhumans or new humans. Um, but was that just in reference to Orin, or were they saying like maybe we'll get it, it remains un. It, rem- it remains unclear. What we know is that we will not. We we should not expect to see Kamala Khan, um, but perhaps there will be um, new Inhumans. That perhaps there will be some reference to the Inhuman outbreak, uh, Omega Three supplement <laughs> problem from Agents of Shield. You've been taking your fish supplements today. Yeah, turn into an Inhuman. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh it's we can only speculate at this point um yeah but um based on we the need cast, frank the location, if we have orin we need frank um who would you have who would you who see. would you have to play frank Zaren? i have no idea okay i don't know stacy keach <laughs> i have no idea who that is i'm 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 terrible with acting no no do i <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, so moving on. Hey, so you know what came out this week was a really fantastic issue of Mosaic, the sixth issue of Mosaic. Maybe he'll show up because that would be fun. Yeah, but will he show oh, up though? I'd I mean, will we be able to see him or not? That is the question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There you go. What I noticed dun. about uh, speaking of Mosaic, um, his issues are labeled as episodes because this is episode six, not issue six. Well, I, yeah, I think um, I, th- no, right. I, I think uh, I think Jeffrey Fawn because he used to, he used to, he wrote TV, didn't he? Did he write TV? Yeah, yeah. He so yes, he did. So he kind of I feel that translates really well to a comic book, and I think yeah. if you plan it out as a TV show, 
that I reckon that could work quite well. Jeffrey yeah, Thorne has written every kind of writing you can, from essays to novels to short stories, to television shows to comic books. Um, other than pamphlets, I think he's got it in all. Um, yeah. But you're right. You're right. It's they're they're referred to as episodes and not issues, which is pretty um, cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 does it does have a lot of like really good visuals in it. But they seem to be doing that because they brought Robbie Thompson in too, and he used to write. Uh, he wrote a whole bunch of episodes for Supernatural too. So he he's writing Silk and a bunch of other stuff for Marvel. So it seems to be working well for Marvel bringing in TV writers. Yeah, it gives it a bit more of a cinematic edge, but you know. That's just my opinion. Well, then, when you have fantastic artists like Carrie Randolph and Bruno Oliveira, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Well, no, exactly. Well, I, I, you can go wrong. I'm, I mean, I think, in, in a general sense, I, I don't like this idea that Marvel will slowly, the comic wing will slowly degenerate into this farm system for TV shows and movies. I think that's not great, but. Um, well, no, I, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I, I just think that, I mean, having that kind of thought into it as a cinematic media creates a yep. bit more of a better visual, better, you know, better read, really, in my opinion. It translates <laughs> well, well from one that, to the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thorne is just a really fantastic writer. That's we'll just really what it comes down to. Yeah, he <laughs> really is. is. And he's also a really awesome dude, and you guys should totally check out the uh, Mosaic thread on CBR because he will answer your questions that you may have. And let me tell you, you read an issue of Mosaic and you have about 25 more questions to ask <laughs> because that, yeah. everything you find just ask makes have makes you have like 30 more questions, and it's awesome. So. That's really nice because there's not there's not as many writers out there who make themselves that available to the fans, and he uh, he really um, he loves it. Does a great <laughs> job. With that. He does. He's, he's an awesome dude. So give him a shout on Twitter, guys. He's awesome. It's uh, Jeff Thorne at Jeff Thorne on Twitter. G E O F F. Or, or, or type it. Try and search Game of Thorns. I think yeah, he'll appreciate the plug. Yes, he will, because you should just follow him. He's awesome. So anyway, this issue or episode of Mosaic was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of pick up where issue five left off, and then what? It brings us up to Civil War Two, basically. Yeah, exactly. Oh. All of all of Mosaic to date has been set in the in the recent past of the uh, main timeline of the Marvel Six One Six universe, and we're. We're quickly getting up to date. Um, uh, just, this just, the sixth issue um, starts right off where issue five had ended, um, where uh, Morris had discovered that his his father had actually um, sold him. <laughs> to yeah, the for lack of better term. Heart, well, no, that was uh-huh. the exact term. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the Brand Corporation is this evil conglomerate that. Um, seeks out special individuals, whether they be mutants or inhumans or people who have been bitten by radioactive sheep or whatever. And um, they, they, they dissect them and reverse engineer them and use them to develop weapons and medicines and anything else that will turn them a high profit. And um, pops. God, fucked up. Um, yeah. Uh, Mo- Morris's father, uh, recognized right off the bat that there was something special about Morris 
um, and they, you know, had his genome sequenced, and they're like, yeah, there's something there. Um, when he develops his powers or whatnot, give us a call, we'll buy him off you. And it's just dreadful. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, this, yeah. this, um, this particular episode is labeled Native Son, which I'm imagining is a call out to the Richard Wright novel of the same name, um, which very much has to do with the um, the sort of fallout of Jim Crow era post-slavery America, and um, and uh, although this issue is a lot of fun, there's a lot of heaviness in in yeah. in, in the um, in the, yeah. the the thematic because you know uh, Morris had been sold, but he escaped, and now needs to know he needs to find what to do next um in issue five uh he triggered an explosion that 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 tore up the brand corporation's uh downtown headquarters um his, his father and and mr Busey were were severely injured we're not sure if they're going to make it or not and frankly i don't care um <laughs> nor do i and um morris had escaped he he jumps into the body of one of uh uh Brand's operatives who goes into the building to salvage the uh, the the seeds, who are these superhuman uh, people that they have encased in in specialized sarcophagi, and he's seeking out his his, his own body, because although he can exist outside of his body, he still wants his body. He finds it in this shell, and he's like, oh, "How am I going to get this out of here?" Um, and before he can figure out how to do it. Lockjaw shows up. Lockjaw. <laughs> it's like, what? Lockjaw? Hey. <laughs> Apparently, Lockjaw has the ability to seek out new inhumans, and he was drawn to to Morris, tried to get him. And um, Morris is, like, unsure what to do. So he's like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'm going to jump into Lockjaw's body. I'm going to possess this giant two-ton bulldog. Um, and it doesn't work out so well for him. Uh, it's <laughs> jumping into the neurology of a human that seems to be okay. Jumping into that of a dog or a dog-like creature. Um, we can get into that later. Data inconclusive. Um, data <laughs> It's a whole different ball of wax. You know, because whereas Lockjaw has relatively simple cognitive functioning, his senses, his uh, smell and sight and hearing are all hyper-attuned and it's, it overwhelms um, Morris's ability to, to stay in control and so that he and Lockjaw are kind of uh, misaligned and um, uh, absolutely distressed. Lockjaw tries to escape. He teleports to the moon. He teleports to Asgard. He teleports to Doctor Strange's Sanctum Santorum. He's just like, ah. And throughout it, we get this neat, um, uh, we get this neat um, sense of how Lockjaw thinks. Um, it's all very simple. Um, you know, uh, Wong who is Dr. Strange's assistant, is just known as Treat Guy. <laughs> and um, uh, Miss Marvel is known as Blue Girl. Iso is known as Wind Girl. And Medusa is known as Queen Alpha. Um, and <laughs> so he pops around. He finally finds Marvel, Kamala Khan, and she can tell that, that, um, 
that Lockjaw is in distress, and she's like, go home, go, go, go home. She points them out to New Adelan on the Hudson, says, go home, and he does. And he shows up in New Adelan, and he's still possessed, and he's, he's running amok, and, um, you know, he bumps into everyone, and he's kind of going crazy, and Johnny Storm, the human torch, is there, and for some reason, some aspect of, of Johnny Storm's powers enables him to see mosaic um even though in his incorporeal form mosaic should be invisible um morris jumps out of lockjaw and he thinks he can take a breather in a corner and johnny storm flies down there and he's like hey who are you what are you doing here what's going on and morris is surprised that he can see him now it, fortunately you know johnny storm's a party guy and so was Morris Sackett back in the day and he recognizes him like hey we used to party down in Rio de Janeiro I know who you are you're Morris Sackett and he's like yeah so he he tries to introduce him to the royal family he's like hey everyone I want you to meet this new and human and um none of them can see him so they're like well what are you going on about there Johnny and he's like what um then when Johnny flames off he has to say flame off <laughs> he flames off and then Morris becomes invisible again and it, it, I can't do it justice but it's a really well drawn uh, and written scene great it's comic really funny. flame on flame um, off Ugh, I'm a light bulb flame <laughs> right exactly um, so when he was learning to control his powers originally uh, to to maintain his flame Johnny Storm had to like really learned to concentrate and his sister Sue Storm helped him and he tries to impart this wisdom onto Morris that, you know, just focus, tune everything out, think about making yourself visible, and gradually Morris learns how to do it, and he makes himself visible. And the other humans are like, whoa, hey, I can see him. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a really fun scene. So that answers a lot of do, questions. Okay. It does, yeah. So does. Morris can A lot of questions people had in IVX, even. Yeah, yeah. So we now know that Morris, when he wants to be, can make himself visible, even when not possessing uh, uh, someone. But he doesn't have to. He can also make himself invisible. Anywho, Medusa's like, oh, let's get to know each other. Come walk with me. Um, and right off the bat, she's got a mission for him. <laughs> yeah. This is... This is all occurring in the backdrop of the beginning stages of Civil War II. Uh, Iron Man has just abducted Ulysses Kane, and um, Medusa wants to uh, extract a little revenge yes. on, on, on Tony. We're going back to this, aren't we? <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, Morris is a thrill seeker. He's game for anything. He's like, you want me to do that? Man, I'll do that, sure. So he jumps into the body of the uh, chief financial officer for Stark International, totally drains the accounts into a uh, uh, an impossible-to-find uh, slush fund in the Caymans or whatever. Um, and he thinks he's just part of this um, mean but not deadly revenge plot. And no sooner does he get out of there than... Um, Stark Tower explodes. Now, all of us know uh, know that um, that was actually Maximus yes. who did that, but but Morris doesn't know that. And I sound like a robot. 
Uh, apparently, I've got too many windows open. Sorry, guys. That's fine. You're, you're okay. Um, no. Maybe this is what what Morris's voice sounds like when uh, when he's uh, speaking. He's got kind of a tinny voice. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, we're, le- we're it's left looking as though Morris has been convinced by the Inhumans to participate in an act of terrorism. So he's going to be pissed. Um, and yeah, I, um, I, I really, I've, I've, you know, I've commented enough on that whole civil war, Tony Stark thing. I think it was rubbish. I think it was pretty awful. I'm on Tony Stark's side. Well, that's one. just a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> well, you should be mad. <laughs> You should be mad at you should be mad at, at Maximus. That's Maximus is the one. Well, who did no, it. I, I just mean I just mean the enactment of revenge from Medusa. I think it was just a bit. I don't. Yeah, he went in there and he shot her and he he zapped everyone and stole a seventeen year old kid. He was acting like a fool, and yeah. uh, they got him back. I, I'm with Doc on this. I'm totally with but, Doc on this. But... Okay. Yeah. Now, gr- granted, yeah. Tony Stark did not very. He, he acted out of character. Yeah. In Civil War, well, well, we can all agree on that. Right. In any case. Yes. Um. Oh, and by the way, um, while they're talking, um, Medusa suggests the name Mosaic. She says, "Every, you know, you're a new person. You're an inhuman. You have a new life. You should have a new name." Um, and she suggests Mosaic. Um, because of the way in which he is able to keep bits and pieces of other people's memories and skills and whatnot. It's kind of like a, a mosaic. Um, and he's, he's warming up to it slowly. Um, you know, considering all he's been through, I, I would want to change my name too. I wouldn't want anything to do with my old life because his old life, although was fun, it turns out it was all predicated on lies and deceit. So, um, that's the name of the Yeah. Doesn't look like he's gotten his real body back. So I don't I wanna kinda know what's been happening with his body since Civil War Two, because he still doesn't look like if you look in the pages of IVX, he still doesn't look like he has his body yet. No. So no, I don't, I'm kinda don't know. to see, we'll see how he's been living. Like how does his body even still alive? So the next issue or episode, episode seven, will have Mosaic interacting again with the Inhumans, and I think he's going to be under the impression that they tricked him into committing an act of deadly terrorism. We don't know how many people died when Stark Tower was 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 exploded like that. Um, well, that wasn't him, though. No, it wasn't him, and it wasn't them. It was Maximus and Triton. Triton. And Lash. Um, and, well, Lash came on board later on, but uh, um, I thought it was. But yeah, Lash took Lash uh, was the one who who leveled the attack against the Stark uh, plant in Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. So those are people that died. Yeah. In any case, a really great issue. Um, I missed Carrie Randolph's art. But um, Bruno Oliveira did a fantastic job filling in. Really great stuff. Um, he actually, and he remained consistent too. I think with how Carrie has portrayed Morris, so I think there's still consistency between the two. So I enjoyed. The yeah, yeah. I thought it was because it's a good continuity. The um, he does a 
uh, a particularly good job of recapturing the what I've come to call the mosaic effect, which is when he's inside someone's head and it's got this sort of electric honeycomb sort of yeah. look to it, where there's all these disparate windows of memories and whatnot. Unfortunately, we never got to see the mosaic effect inside of Lockjaw's head, because I think that would have looked really cool. Who knows right? what's going on He does on draw there. an adorable Lockjaw, though. He draws a great Lockjaw. Yeah, does draw a good lock draw. I wanna. Um, Now, whereas that was a nice, fun, uh, enjoyable comic, it it made for a nice palate cleanser because I read it after I read IVX number six. (laughs) So, so you didn't like IVX six then? I thought it was fun. It it was a good comic, but um, I I I like reading it. I think Doc got a lot of fanboy hate, actually. Oh, well, for Emma Frost. Did you I, sh- I should have uh, screen-capped my, um, my, my Tumblr page um, after, uh, after the issue came out, because I had 57 asks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my little, my little uh, it looks like a, uh, an envelope, and it has how many people have asked you questions, and it was like, I was like, oh my god, there's no way I'm going to be able to field 57. Fortunately, the lion's share of them were like, F you and F the Inhumans, and I could just delete them. So, um, <laughs> you that the, the vocally irate um, X-Men fan contingency were not happy with yeah, how they, they, IVX They're, they're not happy unless they've got something to complain about. It, was, it, it ended exactly how I said it could have ended. Of course, then there would have been six issues. But just tell them. <laughs> yeah. That's all. So uh, not a whole lot actually happens. It's a big fight scene that takes place um, on the on coast of Iceland. Um, uh, there's lots of fighting, lots of um, mayhem. But basically what it boils down to is that... Um, the, the Terrigen cloud is encroaching. It's about to disperse. It's going to make all of Earth uninhabitable for human, for mutants. Everyone's going to die. Um, uh, Iso and Forge and Moon Girl and Ahura show up at the last minute in a big Unilix Zeppelin, because apparently if you have a giant corporation, you fly all around in Zeppelins. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Moon Ahura's Girl and... Just- Keeping with the company policy, that's all. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have a Zeppelin. Uh, <laughs> Moon Girl and Forge have developed a machine that will that will nullify the Terrigen Cloud, destroy it, um, and they give the device to Medusa, saying you can you can destroy it because if you don't, all mutants will die. But if you do destroy it, there will be no more Inhumans ever. And it's a very tough decision, but Medusa doesn't hesitate. She presses the button. The Terrigen Cloud is destroyed. Um, And the mutants are safe. And it's like, oh, yay, everything's good. But then Emma Frost, she's absolutely lost. She's gone kooky. Um, She's gone kooky. She doesn't want to just be safe. She wants her pound of flesh. She wants revenge. She was like, look, we got the Inhumans on the ropes. Let's end them. They're disgusting. They're awful. And the X-Men are like, no, we don't want to fight these guys. And and young Scott Summers, the other Scott Summers, is like, she manipulated us. She made us, you know, she... Totally calls her out. He calls her out because 
the 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 whole thing that happened in Death of X was actually her mentally projecting an image of Scott Summers and making him seem like the guy who did what wasn't all that bad, but for some reason got got everyone to hate him. Um, and Emma's like, well, screw it. I'm going to kill him myself anyways, because she had a bunch of sentinels yeah. that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, she had mentally... Uh, manipulated Forge into creating these sent these big super sentinels. Reprogramming were... them, I thought. Did he reprogram the old sentinels so that? Well, I don't know yeah. what he did, but he made them. They 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 now hunt uh, in humans instead of mutants. And the first thing they do is they shoot down uh, the Unilex Zeppelin, which were filled with with, them, with 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 crew. Um, now, I don't know if those were in humans in there. I think most of the people who work for Unilex are actually humans, but a lot of folks die. And um, and so the remaining X-Men and the Inhumans, I they think, all team up to fight. I think um, making that move against Uhura was a big mistake. Because Uhura's <laughs> not his parents. He's, he'll, he does not seem to have the moral compass. Not that they have much of a moral compass, really. But Crystal probably has the biggest one, but I don't know. I think Ahura might might want some revenge there. Entirely, uh, entirely possible. Um, the the rest of the X Men and the Inhumans they team up to try and destroy these these Super Sentinels. Uh, Storm destroys one. Johnny Storm destroys one. Magneto destroys one. And finally, we get this epic end battle, which is um, Medusa versus Crystal. No, and, um, you mean Emma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Emma. Emma, who's in Crystal form. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So she turns into her diamond form. She can't use her mental powers, whatever. And, um, you know, they, they just... They say really nasty things to each other, and and um, Medusa has uh, her her hair ensnare um, Emma, and she's crushing her, and, and it looks, I mean, like a, a part of her falls off, um, and it looks yeah, like she's about to. That? It looks like she's about to kill her, and then Havoc shows up and shoots Medusa in the back, and and collects up. Uh, Emma and said, let's get out of here. And they teleport away. Um, he says he's doing it, you know, as a one last favor to Scott because Scott loved him and whatnot. Um, and um, finally, the fighting is over. In a series of epilogues, the mutants are happy that they're no longer going to be uh, no longer going to die. They don't have to hide in limbo. Um, uh, Beast uh, is very disappointed in them. Beast is disappointed in them. He leaves. Uh, Emma Frost is shown uh, somewhere, um, having Going rededicated bad. herself to be a villain. She she has a new costume, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a bit weird. This kind of uh, yeah, she um, lost her fashion sense apparently because she's usually pretty totally fun. lost her fashion sense. And she looks a bit like Judge and, Dredd. Uh, yeah, she does. Yeah. She's got <laughs> it's. Judy Dread. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hell. Okay. <laughs> but then, 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 then we show, then we show a scene at uh, New Adelan where um, Medusa uh, first she 
she breaks things off with Johnny Storm. She gives him his papers. She's nice about it. Um, and then she, not only that, but she abdicates her throne and makes Iso the new I'm leader. I'm surprised of... by that. And said Crystal. Well, yeah, I think you know, it's it is an interesting choice. And and on top of that, Iso puts forward this notion she's going to create elections that that the monarchy might no longer be the monarchy it might be a democracy um and and she says something that i think is what really rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way is that she says you know in the end of the day the inhumans ability to go through teragenesis isn't worth the life of one mutant much less all of them which is true but it's not quite in tune with her attitudes before, but, you know, right. characters grow and develop. These things happen. Um, <laughs> and then she, the last scene is she goes to the quiet room uh, to meet up with her, her, her ex-husband or maybe soon to be reconciled with husband Black Bolt. And she gives to him a little piece of diamond which is quite clearly the chunk of emma the head fallen oh, off and if he says if, i love you like like the the piece of diamond from my bow yes and it left me feeling really upset because like my wife doesn't have an arch ne nemesis she doesn't have an arch enemy who i can like take a piece of and give to 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 her as a romantic gesture um maybe that's, that's how it's done on on adeline i guess you you uh you make up with your ex-husband by giving him a piece of the woman who did you wrong. Whatever. It, the art was fantastic. Um, yeah. That we got that. Uh, I think it resolved as well as it could have. Um, the event was artificial to begin with. It, it hijacked a lot of really cool plots that Stories we could have was had. developing in Uncanny and Humans. Um, but... It was good enough. Yeah, I, I thought I, I thought it was a bit of a it was a good ending to a unnecessary series, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think we're still going to be seeing wrap out and wrap up and fallout and the issues of X Men and and humans as well. Well, yeah, because so. we, we've got uh, both books until the end of March, so yeah, yeah. bye bye. Well, it's um. It sets the stage for resurrection. Um, I mean, we'll, we're, we're going to get one last issue of Uncanny and Humans, um, ne not next week, but the following week, um, and that will be something of a uh, epilogue to to IVX with Maximus doing something crazy. It involves crayfish. I don't know. Um, and then we have Inhumans Prime, which will. Which is a one, a big one shot written From by um, Al Ewing and art by Ryan Sook, and that's going to really set the stage for what the next chapter of the Inhumans mythos will be. But this, this was, um, it's going to be exciting, and and it turns out that Charles Soule, having let go of the reins of stewarding the Inhumans for what three years yeah. now, yeah. will be writing. He'll be writing Astonishing X-Men. So, um, and it's a I pretty cool team. It's Old Man Logan, yes. Mystique, Ro Bishop, Psylocke, Rogue. Phantom X, Rogue, and Gambit. Um, so, um, I think that all of the 
the anger and animosity that X-Fans have been throwing towards Sol because of his quote-unquote character assassination of Emma Frost will be mellowed when they realize that he's a really good writer and he's and they're going to be happy to have him writing X-Books. They'll never yeah, be happy. Yeah, and he said that in regards to... No, they won't. In regards to the um, X-Book he's writing, he's, he's, he's very much approaching it as no one's ever read these characters before. So... Um, That'll be interesting. But um, going back to IVX on the new when she, when Medusa's abdicating her throne, um, yeah. and, and it was the whole thing. You know, she said that you know not even you know their way of life is, is worth one X Men life. But it's kind of interesting because um, now what what really kind of stuck out to me, and I think I've seen this mentioned a few times in other places, even by people who were anti human, is that. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, that one page where she says, uh, you know, our species' ability to transform through terogenesis does not weigh out the lives of, mute, of um, even a single mutant, much less all of them. Uh, and then she goes on to say, many inhumans did not understand years spent telling their children of the glory of emergence into their true forms, which they will now never see. Being inhuman used to mean change. Now we are what we are and nothing more. And, and I think that kind of hit home to a lot of people, it seemed, like what the inhumans exactly gave up yeah so yeah it's kind of heavy to me to me it's i mean i've i've often looked at what soul has done in uncanny and to a lesser degree in human the series beforehand is is creating the sense of uh the immigrant or refugee experience in in america because i mean despite having just awesome real estate right in the middle of Manhattan. Um, the, the, the Inhumans, they, they found themselves there. They had to adjust to doing that. And to lose the, cl- the cloud, to lose their ability to, to go what through makes them Genesis, them. what makes them them, it is tantamount to complete cultural assimilation. It's a loss of their culture, a loss of their way of lives. And they have to now be regular humans. They have to be regular Americans, you know, uh, cultural assimilation is a terrible thing. Um, you know, the, the people on the right leaning spectrum of, of politics will say, well, if an immigrant comes to America or if an immigrant comes to England or, or Germany, they should assimilate. They should speak our language. They should respect our values. They should have our religion, whatever. And that's bogus. That's not how our country works. That's not how any country should work. It should be an issue of cultural, cultural um, a- appropriation, where, where the two come together yeah. and create something better than right. what it was. You know? And, um, you know, whereas in the X-Books, the Terrigen Cloud was just the most recent thing yeah. that put the mutants back against the wall the the most recent version of m day or legacy virus or whatnot and so the two themes metaphorically they didn't line up very well um and i don't think that's soul's f- fault at all i won't blame it on someone else but um um so that it, it became difficult for a lot of uh fans who prefer the x-men to quite understand what the metaphorical valence was for for the Terrigen Cloud. I just saw it as as a, a, a cloud of death that made the Inhumans into genocidal monsters. Um, and uh, 
it doesn't do it very much service because that's not what it was. I mean, it, it, it ostensibly it was for the X Men, but um, but it was a symbol of culture for for the Inhumans, and they lost it, and now they have to be regular. They can't do their thing. They can't practice their religion. It would be like Unless, you, know, you know, Maximus figures out what fish eggs and a piece of wood will do to make a Terrigen crystal, but we'll find out how in a couple of years. MacGyver this hit. Somehow I doubt it. <laughs> what was that? But, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's going to succeed. I think he's going to do something terrible. I mean, um, but, uh, New Terrigen cloud. It Yay. would be like, right, <laughs> like, you know, someone coming to, say, America, and they say, you can no longer practice Islam, or you can no longer uh, res- uh, go have a, a Seder, or you, you, you're not allowed to be a Mormon. It's just like, it's sort of similar to that. It's like, you can't do yeah. these You have things. to come to America and speak and, the American language, English. Speak <laughs> right, English, even though... Uh, Scott, um, Adam, you came and, here, you weren't allowed to talk because of your accent. You can't do it. Right. You can't. You, you're not allowed to call erasers rubbers. Elevators are elevators, not lifts. And apartments are apartments, not flats. Well, and it's flats. an aluminum. It's aluminum, not aluminum. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's <laughs> not. Come on. Aluminium. Titanium. <laughs> uranium. <laughs> polonium. Sorry. It's aluminum. Um, <laughs> Sorry. What I will agree with is that Emma Frost did go from from. I I always uh, thought she was bad, so I kind of think being a villain fits her. Yeah, she she was ne- she was never I, I mean, really I, a I, hero. Let's be honest. She was never really a hero, but she was never nuts, and she was certainly not someone who went nuts over a man. You know. Yeah, that was a bit. Nuts. Yeah, um, but I think that was set up because of yeah. Bendis. No. Yeah, there's you know, that. I mean, when 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 Grant Morrison first started writing. X-Men, he he took quite a shine to Emma and started the process of making her into uh, one of the best characters um, in the X-Books. Just always a pleasure to read. Um, uh, Matt Fraction did a oh, great I job building like of that. And then um, Karen Gillan did an even better job further developing her. Then, <clears throat> you know, people are... Um, conflict you know they don't always agree on this one but bendis took her in a different direction and now to have her be a real mustache twirling villain is quite a jump and um i think that's where a lot of the um anger is um i mean certainly doesn't warrant going on twitter and and calling charles soul sexist that's just stupid but um you know these these people are uh, i mean i'm I'm passionate about my favorite characters. I when when bad things happen to them, I get upset too. I mean, I don't think I've ever yelled at anyone about it, but uh, um, I suppose I could. <laughs> you could if you want to, if it worth it. Well, to look you. here, here I'll give you an example. Charles Soule, great writer, wonderful, done a wonderful job with the Inhumans. He clearly does not enjoy writing Black Bolt. He doesn't like Black Bolt. Every crystal, time, actually, I don't. Think. Every time there's a fight, Black Bolt gets nerfed, gets put in the corner. Iron Man beat him. 
fucking Dazzler beat him, he gets beat twice. Well, I can see why Dazzler would beat him. That kind of makes sense, actually. Whatever. Dazzler is a disco queen, and she shouldn't beat. (laughs) In any case, I could, you know, go on to Twitter and say, hey, character assassination. Black Bolt was so weak in this. How dare you? But, you know... Well, if Black Bolt came out to play every time, it would just be... But yeah, you shouldn't see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the the X-Men have been around for so long, they have such a huge fan base, and I think that it has engendered a sense of privilege where you feel like if you don't get your way, if a character behaves or things happen to them that isn't to your liking, that you feel, one feels that they have the right to yell boycott and and say nasty things on on Twitter and... and, and, uh, um, uh, call someone a sexist and um, yes, yeah. not cool, ridiculous. man. But hey, what, what can you do? It is interesting though that IVX number six came out on International Women's Day, um, oh. and it, as far as I know, the only major Marvel event that that focused on two central female characters. I mean, there was lots of people doing things in it, but it all boiled down to Emma Frost Who? versus versus Medusa. And I can't I'm, I'm I can't think of another major event where both of the leads were women. Um granted in any event book character Carl Soul has made me like it. Medusa a lot too, by the way. Oh, he he loves her and he's he's done so much to build up her character to make her a uh, power player in, in the grander Marvel universe. I mean, DNA and Joe Polowski did similar great work in, in, in a secret invasion in humans and war of King realm of King respectively of really like concretizing Medusa as a badass, as like the preeminent badass of the Marvel universe. Um, and, um, but her, her being such a, such a tough egg kind of came at the expense of Emma that she could, you know, squeeze her in her hair strong enough and a piece of diamond fell off. I mean, some people are like, no way, that would never happen. And I, I, I don't know if it would or not. I mean, I don't I know thought how. Could, I thought um, Medu- Medusa can lift a freaking four-story building with her hair. And I think they said that her hair can be as tough as a diamond. Can't she, like, she only cuts it if... if, if she want it'll only get cut if she wants. It to. I, I think um, I think the idea for Emma was that she was made of unbreakable diamond. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. and I think that's changed somewhat in recent years. To be fair, especially with the X Men First Class movie. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Well, it, if I mean, if she's legitimate diamond. Diamonds aren't actually. I mean, we think of them as being unbreakable. With enough pressure, you can break them. I mean, I would. Well, you wouldn't better cut them. They're not. They're quite breakable. Actually. Yeah, that's it. No, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't suggest doing this, but if you had a diamond and you hit it with a hammer, it's gonna break. It's not the hardest material in the world. That's a more of a uh, uh, a myth. Um, but what can you say? In any case, um, uh, it's over. We can move on to you the thank next. Thank God, I'm I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> I can't wait for Royals, and apparently the first arc, because I got this little card from my uh, local comic shop, they gave me this little card, and it has Royals number one, and it says Space Oddities under the at the bottom, so I'm wondering if that's what the first arc is called. 
Space Oddities. I like it. I do Not too. Space um, Jam, then. Yeah. Not Space Jam, no. Space Oddities. Uh, the Odyssey Oddities. Edit, haha. Like um, it. It's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I'm going to, it's, John Boy Meyer's art is something that's going to take me a little while to get used to because it's so oh, frenetic. And but I'm I'm looking forward to it and and um and I I'm I'm ready for it. I you know I'm going to miss the the very interesting interplay between the Inhumans on Earth and and humans. You know all of those great themes that um that Soul has been building on, but. I'm ready for a new a new chapter of the mythos. I'm ready to for them to head off into space and and have a good old fashioned cosmic adventure. Um, the, the best kind of adventure for we'll humans, also, quite honestly. Yeah. Some, I mean, yeah. There's some of those old. I mean, way back in the way back when they would go when they traveled to the purple planet and there was that giant city that looked like an ant and there was some great cosmic yeah. wildness back in the day and. Um, you know, and and it, it, we'll still have um, Secret Warriors. I have no idea what's going to happen with that one, but I mean, it well, is. Well, that's it's launching. An it's launching as a tie-in, apparently, for um, Secret Empire. And yeah. from what I'm understanding is that um, they come together, and apparently, um, what it looks like, and I maybe I misread it, but the synopsis is is that they're rounding up in humans and putting them in camps. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yeah. So... Yeah, hydropower. No, seriously, no. I'm right. not. I'm not going uh, down that route because yeah. no, I don't want to go down that route either. But that's <laughs> what it looked like when I read it. I could be totally misinterpreting it that no, way. No, no, but... you're not. You're, yeah, it's. I read the yeah, same it's, thing. It's basically, um, yeah, it's pretty when, bad. When when Hydrocap takes over, I mean, he he institutes the fascist state in America um, because. Nick Spencer does really subtle metaphors in his work. Um, <laughs> um, as subtle as a sledgehammer. Uh, I think both uh, the Inhumans and mutants will end up uh, hunted and interred, and um, it's not going to be a good time. Um, and that uh, Daisy Johnson is going to lead an offensive to fight back. Um, and it looks as though the team that we saw previewed in the middle chapters of IVX um, will be who she who she puts together. So it'll be her and Miss Marvel and Moon Girl and Inferno. Sadly, not ISO, but instead we'll get Karnak. Karnak, yeah. And Karnak. <laughs> now Karnak is 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 someone who who uh, I think he's going to play a big role because he can see fault in all things and he's going to see the fault in what hydra cap is up to and right. um i think Matthew... that um go ahead rosenberg yeah no i just was going to interrupt you on a totally different subject because karnak made me think of karnak and moon girl and he said that the, he's having fun writing the two of them together so oh i can't wait i can't wait <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah the two so. of them together, I could watch. I could just see a whole book of them just going to Subway and having a sandwich and just talking. I, I would read that. Back. Wh- which topping would they so have? <laughs> well, they're all flawed. <laughs> so, yeah. Too many carbs. <laughs> right. Too much fat. Too much sugar. So, too much salt. Yeah. Sorry. Oh my god. All, all, um, 
I yeah, God, what does Karnak eat? Let's everything. <laughs> Despair and tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> despair and tears. I'll have a 12-inch despair with tears. Don't, don't say that to too many people. <laughs> I'm not sure that'll go down well in most places. <laughs> no. Okay. So. Oh, dear. All right. Well, on that note. <laughs> on that positive, delightful end of the show. <laughs> Good I get Lord, it. Kind of, right? This is what I get from hanging a podcast so much. I'm <laughs> <laughs> 24 years old, man. Jesus. You're barely a kid. Oh, You're still a kid. Act your age. Act your age, not your shoe size. Your age, <laughs> oh, dear. Until next week, guys, you can tweet us on the um, on our Twitter, AdelanRising1. Usually Adam will get to you, but I'll get to you as well. We've been having some pretty interesting discussions over there. You can always email us at the show at adelanrising.com. Um, and just uh, tell us what you think, guys. And uh, until next time, we'll have more to talk about. Um, yeah. With Miss Marvel and uh, Inhumans ending soon, number 20. So we will see you I then. Think we've also, we're also going to finalize yeah. the, um, uh, the competition in the next. Oh yeah. yeah, the fan art competition. Yeah. Oh, I forgot all about yeah, it. We've, we've kind of got to uh, finalize that and advertise it in the next show. I think it'll be ready by the end of this month. Though. Yes. Yeah. We'll go live with it then. You That's could win it. Oh. There's going to be good prizes. Good prizes. So stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye. And so long. Bye.